Nothing you hear in this program constitutes investment advice. It is an expression of opinion only. This is Frisbees, Bulls and Bears. Talking money and markets, what's happening and why. We talk to the experts, the traders, the investors and the companies they're investing in. You're listening to Frisbees, Bulls and Bears with Dominic Frisbee. Hello and welcome to Frisbees, Bulls and Bears with me, Dominic Frisbee. Now, India has declared a war on cash in its country, as you may have read, even though it hasn't gone that reported over here in the West. And a war on the cash, a war on cash might not sound like a, a wise idea that given that somewhere between 20 and 50 percent of the Indian population is unbanked. With me to discuss uh, this war on cash and, in addition, the coming Indian war on gold, which again might be rather unwise given the fact that India is the world's largest consumer of physical gold. With me to discuss all this is Jayant Bandari. Now, Jayant is a, an Indian who is constantly travelling the world looking for investment opportunities. Um, he's worked with US Global Investors, with Casey Research, and he's written for various blogs uh, around the world, including Acting Man, Zero, Zero Hedge, the Mises Institute, and others. So, Jayant, welcome to the show. A pleasure to meet you. Why don't we start with the war on cash? Describe how it's come about and, and what's behind it all. Thanks for having me today, Dominique. Uh, on the 8th of November, Indian Prime Minister came on the television and announced that all banknotes with face value of rupee 500 and face value of rupee 1000, which are equivalent to about um, six pounds and about 12 pounds respectively, would no longer be legal tender. Okay, so that's kind of 10 and $20 notes kind of thing. About seven and a half dollar and fifteen dollar note banknotes. Okay. Yeah, and these are the most widely circulated banknotes, not only in the hands of the rich people, but even in the hands of the most poor people in the country. They represent eighty-eight percent of the monetary value in circulation. Are they, higher people, are they higher denomination notes than that? No, that okay. is all. That is, these are the two highest denomination notes on the 8th of November. And he came on the television saying that these would no longer be legal tender after midnight. He gave people four hours to take care of those banknotes. And, and then he closed. And this, then he so closed this was the completely out of the blue? completely out of the blue. I have been, Dominique, very pessimistic about India, but even I could not understand or would have imagined that he would have come up with such an absolutely crazy idea which would destabilize the whole country. Now, uh, he then closed the banks and ATMs for the next one day, and the result was that suddenly there was a huge chronic anxiety that emerged across the society. And when the banks opened, there were long lineups all over the country, everywhere, 
and they have continued till today people desperately trying to convert their money moreover he then very quickly within a within two weeks he stopped conversion of the banknotes which means that those people who don't have bank accounts which is about 50% of the population are no longer able to convert their money into legal tender these are the most desperate poorest people who are uneducated who are not even allowed to enter the banks because the bank officials are horrible with these people and these banks would be 50 kilometers away from the tribal area they live in so he has reduced these 50% of the population to complete desperation and the rest of the population is suffering hugely as well did he warn the banks behind the scenes that he was going to do this well dominique no one really knows but it seems that apart from him probably one or two more people were aware that he would come up with this absolutely crazy ideas he's a person who does not believe in checks and balances which means that he did not even consider it wise to discuss with a few more people to understand what might the unintended and unseen consequences of such a move would be now i mean i don't believe you can be stupid and become prime minister uh you know you, we make mistakes but this is a a radical thing to do why what's the thing there must be a logic behind it there must be uh what's the thinking behind it so uh, dominic this is where western people misunderstand countries like india india is an extremely irrational and superstitious country if you try to comprehend what is happening using logic and reason you will fail now there is no reason to be to believe that is stupid people cannot become prime ministers of countries like these you see this happening all around in africa middle east and other south asian countries this does happen the quality that these people need in an irrational tribal society is to be a demagogue and he is a bully he is a demagogue that's what he has done all his life he knows how to emotionally manipulate people and people can be manipulated very easily uh, particularly people among us who in work in the investment business we know how easy people how gullible and manipulatable people normally are and it gets much worse in countries like india a hundred times or a thousand times worse than it gets in let's say in england or in the usa but okay i mean i accept that you need a kind of an element of the sociopath if you like in order to succeed in politics and maybe you need to be even more ruthless in in places like india than you do in the west but i mean you i, I can't see how you can just come in and make a ruling like this without having to go through some kind of political process uh, well as you can see he did not discuss the parliament he is almost refusing to come to the parliament to respond to the opposition and the supreme court is so far it has now been a month supreme court is refusing to do a hearing on this subject supreme court does not have time for what is absolutely crucial for india yes sociopaths exist these are demagogues and they can be actually quite stupid so i mean does this policy have any supporters oh absolutely there is a huge amount of support in the country 
particularly from the salaried so-called educated middle class people uh, and uh, i see a massive amount of support among them uh, and also i see a reasonable amount of support among the poor people but i'm not sure how good that support is uh, this is just new event and it will take a bit of more time to unravel eventually the support will go but as it stands today the middle class is supporting him so why why do they support these actions now really the biggest sufferers of this policy are small businesses who have to do cash transactions 97% of the consumer economy is based on cash it's not that these people are trying to do anything illegal or anything wrong they're merely trying to run business in a country which is technologically very backward so small businesses are suffering because of this thing and desperate poor people are suffering because they don't have bank accounts all they have is cash the middle class the so called educated middle class is not suffering so they don't care now dominique what is very important to understand is that the middle class in the western world is the intellectual backbone of the society in india these people have no moral instincts now remember the underlying ingredient is irrationality and superstitions even among these educated people so called educated people and as a result they completely lack moral instincts they don't really care if poor people suffer and this is really a mutated version of caste system that is still exist in the country um so but why do those who support it support it is it cut the is the only reason that they don't care well that's one reason that they don't care but modi has created an aura around himself what he has done is that he has traveled all over the world creating a sense of identity among the identity lacking indians living in england and in the usa now these indians who are living in the usa and and in england if they are really so proud of india and they really think that's the best civilization in the world don't you think they should return back to india but they don't they stay there because they want to make a lot of money but they want to still give themselves the opportunity to be seen as very good people by showing to people in the west that india is a great country and modi has somehow given them this sense of identity among themselves for the same reason salaried middle class in india has for the first time gained some confidence in this appallingly self confidence lacking country and I I think something like is I'm I'm right to say like 25% of India's economy is is the so-called black market cash economy. Um have people's savings been completely wiped out by this? Uh not really. Um well in a way yes and no. So the bank accounts are all frozen. Pretty much all frozen except that you can get some cash out of your bank accounts every week and the banks are refusing to give you all the cash that modi has promised that you can take out which is about 300 dollars per week but when we go to the bank they don't give us that cash now um so um 
So the bank accounts are frozen and the middle class will eventually feel the pain because they will then realize that they don't have the cash access to their cash. Those people who had a lot of cash with them, they have already circulated their money into the new currency using a massive mafia that have that has emerged in the country and the mafia is now the biggest thing probably happening in in the country right now because they are acting as intermediaries to convert your bank cash into new cash using tens of millions of employed and unemployed people who are now not going to factories or shops but lining up out, outside banks to convert your money which means that corruption is going up uh, crime is going to rise in the country so let's say okay so let's say i'm a rural indian and i've got you know 500 dollars worth of of 10 rupee notes and that's my life savings what what have i been doing for the last month i've i've gone to the bank i've tried to convert the money let's say you know let's say i haven't been able to convert the money i mean are a lot of people just opening bank accounts and depositing the money in bank accounts well bank accounts bank offices are frozen right now with thousands of people lining up bank officers have no time to open a bank account for you now 25% of indians don't even have an id card so how will they open a bank account before the end of december 2016 when even deposits won't be taken anymore so these 25% people have don't even have a chance of opening a bank account 50% people don't have a bank account but they don't understand and sorry the remaining 25% they might have an id card but they don't really understand the process remember these are tribal uneducated illiterate people they haven't a clue what to do how to open a bank account these people are the most desperate now you said what if they have 500 dollars in cash they can go to the bank sorry no longer but last week until last week they could go to the bank and convert about 30 dollars into new currency that is it thereafter you you can go hungry you can die so they've, they've lost their money effectively they well they will eventually lose probably 50% of the value because they will end up having to use the mafia if at all they can get in touch with the mafia if they are stuck in a tribal area yes and they don't count they are low caste tribal people no one really cares international organizations don't care and middle class indians don't care so and what is the mafia offering like 5 dollars for every 10 or something um they are offering you so they will give you 80% of the face value right now but and then and I then the mafia then goes to the bank and swaps it mafia then employs these tens of millions of unemployed or employed people to line up in outside banks and deposit that cash either in their own accounts or convert the money in the accounts of these poor people who can deposit up to you know a, a couple of thousand each and still not face tax problems and then they can take out the cash and return the cash 80% of the cash back to the original owner of the cash and another thing that modi's done is you know if you go to the cinema and obviously the, the cinema is massive in india you know bollywood and so on but if you go to the cinema and by the way anyone who's listening who's, who's never been to india if you ever do go go to the cinema because it's an amazing experience but they now play the national anthem before uh, before the film and everyone has to rise and listen to the national anthem <laughs> is that right um, well uh, modi is not actually responsible for it 
This has been going on for the last uh, several years, but it has recently been made um, a decision. This has come out as a decision from the Supreme Court of India last week, for, sorry, three or four days back, they came out with a decision saying that every cinema hall before they start of every movie must run the national anthem and everyone must stand up and the doors must be locked when the national anthem is run. Of course, no, the Supreme Court did not think about the fire-related uh, issues here because they will lock the, all the exit doors when the national anthem is run. Now, this is compulsory, and if I don't stand up, they can now, through the law, put me into prison and charge me for anti-national activities. But what surprises me, Dominique, is that how could Supreme Court make a decision like this this is a legislative decision, not a, a decision that Supreme Court should have done. And if they had to do something, why did they not institute a similar thing on Supreme Court itself first, which meant that they should have sung national anthem every morning, but they have decided not to go ahead with that. Hmm. So, uh, so what's 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 the kind of what's behind all all this going on? I mean, what what. I mean, I, I just don't, I don't understand the mentality behind it all. Okay, so Dominique, as I said earlier, trying to understand these irrational societies through reason never works. You will always wind your, your mind into knots if you try to understand these through reason. Uh, moreover, they are not necessarily after money. It's a very corrupt way of thinking, and Modi is after self-glorification. He wants to be seen as a God figure, and that is what he is after. So he wanted to shock, in my view, he wanted to shock the country and become very servile towards him. He wanted to shock the opposition and his own party people, not to complain, because really, in this country, everyone pays and takes pride. I have, in my 49 years, never seen an exception. Let's talk about gold, Jayant. Um, India is obviously the biggest consumer of physical gold in the world. And a lot of the time when you're staring at the gold price and feeling rather depressed because it keeps going down, you often console yourself with the thought, well, the Indians will buy. Um, but you it looks like we're not going to be able to console ourselves with that thought for much longer because there's a war on gold coming. Well, the war on gold would only increase the bribe collection by the government people, by the army, by the bureaucrats and the politicians. So, yes, they are going to fight against gold, but just about everything they do, everything they do that is not natural, that is not organic, will result in increase in bribe payment and chronic anxiety increase in the society, particularly among small businesses who are now actually keep telling me they want to shut down because they are just too tired of the government. Now, the gold government has recently issued a press release saying that anyone, any married woman with more than 500 grams of gold, if found out, could be assessed for taxes which in India speak, in India's double speak, in the Orwellian speak of India, basically means that any gold above 500 grams will attract a huge amount of penalties and bribes. 
Now, Indians, does not, this does not mean Indians won't buy gold. It just means that a lot of that gold will go underground. And the more they will disrespect and mistrust their government, which means that they will keep less and less cash and more and more of gold. Okay, 500 grams, by the way, is about 17 ounces. So that's quite that's a correct. lot. Mm -hmm. And so if you've got more than that, there'll be like a wealth tax on it. Yeah, you, you don't know what these people will come up with. The rules are made papers. The regulations are made paper in that country. What the bureaucrats or what Modi or what they might come up with is what is the latest rule. Uh, okay. That's how that country works. So the, the, at the moment, there's no war on gold yet. Uh, well, uh, there is already a war on gold because the moment they have done that press release, people have already taken their gold out of the bank lockers because they are afraid the lockers would be frozen and checked. So they've taken the gold out and now they are hiding the gold in their own houses. So there's going to be a spate of burglaries? Uh, there will be a spate of burglaries. And in fact, those crimes won't be reported because tax authority, recently there was a, a burglary at a home. And when the person went to report at the police, the tax authorities visited him and asked him to explain the source of that gold. So yes, not only crimes will go up, they will not even go reported. And is this gonna stop Indians from buying gold? Uh, I don't think so. In the short term, I don't know what will happen because the whole gold buying has gone underground. Tax authorities are scaring all these people so much that no one wants to openly buy it. So I don't know what is actually happening, but gold price has gone up quite a bit in India, which means that gold consumption has increased substantially. But even if, Dominique, even if gold consumption falls in the short run, in the medium and the long run, people will now buy more gold. And increasingly, I get people asking me how they can open their bank accounts outside India, how they can keep their store their gold outside India. So this will become increasingly common going forward. When was the last time you went to India? Well, I was there uh, two weeks back, and I will be back in India later today. Do you live there all the time? Uh, I spend a fair bit of my time between two to three months a year in India. And right now, I'm going to spend a lot more time because I want to follow the developments that's happening in India, because India is rapidly getting degraded and turning into a banana republic and a police state. And I want to be able to document the developments happening there. Now, in your writing, Jayant, I, I detect a certain amount of nostalgia for the British. Absolutely. Uh, Dominique, uh, remember, India was consolidated as a country by the British. India did not exist as a single entity before that. They consolidated it. They set in place English institutions in that country. Indian railways, Indian post office, Indian army are pretty much exactly the way British left them, except that slowly and surely, all these institutions have got degraded with time. So much so that we just talked about the Supreme Court taking completely irrational and stupid decisions. Indian institutions are crumbling away and English should have run those institutions. Indian mind is incapable of running those institutions. 
And you can see this in all the ex-colonies of Europe. Uh, once European colonizers left those countries, they became actually much worse, except for very few countries like Singapore, Hong Kong, Dubai. But remember, these countries are effectively still run by Europeans and Americans. Most of the higher level management is people brought in uh, are expatriates. Mm. Um, one thing I've, uh, one argument I've made is that, you know, in the West, in the UK a hundred years ago, you know, gold played a part in our everyday lives. The gold sovereign was the pound coin. Uh, you know, America was on the gold standard. The UK was on the gold standard. You know, we we had everyday contact with, with gold. Um, and as we've come off the gold standard, the kind of significance of gold to the average Westerner has grown less and less as time's gone by. If you buy the argument that in the third world, the third world is gradually becoming more westernized um, and that, for example, that young Indians tend to buy lower carat gold than, than older Indians. Do you think as time goes by, gold is going to become less and less important to Asians uh, in, in the same way that it has in the West? So the salaried middle class of India is not so much interested in gold. Again, the reason why Modi can implement a ban, a sort of ban on gold and it's still not have a problem. Poor people, of course, don't have too much gold. So Modi will always do something which does not affect 90 to 95% of the population at any point of time. It's a, it's a clear divide and rule policy. Now, the people who are savers and who keep gold have kept gold. And going forward, I can only see that they will accumulate more gold or move their money abroad into U.S. dollars. So who buys gold in India then? If the poor don't buy it and the middle class don't buy it? Well, poor will still buy it because for them, this is their savings. Poor people, however, cannot buy large quantities of gold. They would buy uh, a few grams of gold at any point of time. How does an Indian buy gold? Where Where do you go to buy gold in India if you're a poor person? Uh, there are gold shops all over the country, and the spread on gold is very, very thin. You can pretty much go anywhere in the country and find a gold shop, a jewelry shop. Uh, they are usually the city centers of the uh, of, of the towns. Okay, and and you say the spread is thin, so you you don't pay much much more above the spot price. Uh, that's absolutely true. You probably lose half a percent or a percent on gold. Yeah. Uh, so it's a very liquid commodity in this country. That does not mean, uh, Dominique, that gold will become money in this country. But given that people will now distrust the formal economy because government is forcing them to keep their money in banks, which is now offering negative real interest rate, which has actually always been the case, and they have now recently reduced the interest rate, uh, they will be. Uh, they have no choice but to keep their money in gold because at least it offers you zero yield, not a negative yield. Hmm. So you're not worried about Indian gold buying over the next thirty years or so. Uh, I am not at all worried about Indian gold buying. Um, people might also be buying more properties in America or Singapore, Thailand, or they should be buying more foreign currency. 
but I'm not so worried about buying of gold in the medium term and in the long term. There might be a displacement of buying for the next few months because there's an amazing amount of anxiety among savers and small businesses, which breaks my heart, uh, Dominique, because Modi is killing the backbone of that country. Yeah. Um, when's the next election? Next elections in about two years' time, but I think they won't be held. Modi will very likely declare a martial law or emergency before the elections are held because eventually the middle class will start to feel pain. And as I said, in among irrational people, they don't use, take a conclusion based on uh, reason, but when they start feeling pain and violence, they will realize that Modi was a bad guy. And they, once they start opposing him, um, he will lose his votes. I don't think he's prepared to do that. He wants to be a dictator. And will he get away with that? Well, uh, I don't know how it will happen. Remember, India is surrounded by banana republics. Sri Lanka, Pakistan, Bangladesh, Nepal, Afghanistan, Myanmar. These are all banana republics. India survived that for a wrong reason, because India is a very diverse country, ethnically, linguistically very diverse country, which means that the infighting does not allow people to be, work together. Now, nationalism is weaving all these people together. So maybe using the magic wand of nationalism, he might make it a full dictatorship. But in my view, Dominique, all signs are that this country will disintegrate, in my view. I don't see how India's problems can be solved without India falling apart. And maybe Modi will uh, act as a catalyst to precipitate that event. Well, this is all very interesting, Jayant. And uh, thank you very much for coming on the show to, to tell us about this. Um, Jayant, if people want to find out more about your work and what you do and to follow you, how, how should they do that? I have a website, uh, Dominique, uh, called jayantbhandari.com, and on which I have uh, two tabs. One is musings on culture and musings on investing. And I usually link most of my articles on those, those, uh, those two web pages. I also have another tab in which I link all my videos and podcasts and video uh, uh, interviews I have had. Excellent stuff. So it's, I've been calling you Jayant, but you kind of pronounced it Jayant. I beg your pardon. Jayant is perfectly fine, Dominique. I get uh, called uh, many different ways. Some people even call me Jay, which is all good. <laughs> Jay, uh, let's keep it a Jay. It's easier. Jay Bandari, it's been a real pleasure. And the website is giantbandari.com. J-A-Y-A-N-T-B-H-A-N-D-A-R-I dot com. Giant Bandari, thank you very much. Dominic, thanks a lot for the opportunity. Frisbee's Bulls and Bears is presented and produced by Dominic Frisbee. To discuss the markets and have your say, why not visit our forum at globaledgeinvestors.com. That's globaledgeinvestors.com. To join our mailing list so you can be updated as soon as a new show is posted, please email info at dominicfrisbee.net or simply subscribe through iTunes. 